This is the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. And I'm Chris Katolka. And as we begin, I'll remind you to visit foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. You can get your free one-year subscription to our beautifully designed and informative magazine, Israel, My Glory. In our most recent issue entitled Mastering the Art of Redefinition, we examine how some theological terms are being altered to mean something different. So if you love Israel and the Jewish people and value great Bible teaching, visit foiradio.org. Or you can call our listener line and ask for a free trial subscription to Israel My Glory magazine. Call 888-343-6940 to order your copy. Again, if you've never subscribed, 888-343-6940. Today on our Israel My Glory in-depth episode, we have a special guest, Lorna Simcox, editor and chief of Israel My Glory magazine, and she'll be joining us in studio to talk about our most recent issue of Israel My Glory and why she's so passionate about this issue. But first, let me share some news. According to Forbes last month, what do Microsoft Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Intel, Oracle, and Samsung all have in common? Well, they're all doing critical work in Israel that's core to their businesses back at their headquarters. The future of all of these businesses rests on the technological advancements coming out of the Jewish state. And the technology they are creating are found in products we use every day, from Amazon's Alexa to Apple's iPhone microprocessors to Google Maps. Well, here's my take. Israel positioned itself decades ago to be a different kind of Middle Eastern country. Not the kind that financially benefits on oil exports, but the kind of Middle Eastern country that helps nations of all kinds with technology to advance them into the 21st century. And I think that their decision was risky, but has certainly shown to be right. Larna Simcox, welcome to the program. Great to have you here. Hi, Chris. It's great to be here. Larna Simcox is the editor and chief of Israel My Glory. Larna, we talk a lot about Israel My Glory on uh, on our radio program. We always uh, invite people to subscribe to the magazine Israel My Glory. And I'll just remind our friends listening right now one more time that if you are not a subscriber, if you've never subscribed before to Israel My Glory, you can go right to our website, foiradio.org. And right there you can subscribe and get a year free uh, subscription. That's six free issues uh, of real timely, insightful articles about what's happening in Israel and in the, in the, in the Christian world as well. So I want to encourage you to go to foiradio.org to sign up for a year-free subscription. And Larna, we, we have our new website, right? Yes, we do. Our new Israel My Glory website, israelmyglory.org, all one place. And this is the fun thing about the new Israel My Glory website, is that not only can you read articles there from Israel My Glory, but now if you subscribe and get the archive access we're supplying our friends and followers of the Friends of Israel uh, with back issues of Israel My Glory. And we're, and we're hoping to bring them back to what year, Larna? Hopefully, we'll go all the way back to the beginning, which is 1942. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, I, we have a lot of great people who follow, who read Israel My Glory, who love Israel My Glory, and now we'll be able to supply them with issues that go 
back to the beginning. That's not available just yet, but as the year rolls on, we'll be opening up more and more issues that go back to the beginning. Lorna, do you know, this is just, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but do you know what the first issue of Israel My Glory was about? Well, it introduced the magazine because there wasn't one before that. So the uh, founders of the ministry, really, the ministry was founded just a few years earlier in 1938. They felt it was too difficult to try and communicate with every individual uh, person who was part of, becoming part of the ministry, and they thought it would be better to start what they called a newsletter, really. It wasn't so much a magazine back then. Israel My Glory has really evolved over the it years really has. into an award-winning magazine, a real <laughs> honest-to-goodness magazine. You know, in the old days, it was a little black-and-white pamphlet, but that was what was done in the 40s. It was during World War II. And things were different back then. Yes. But the the thing I love, you, you know, you talk about things being different. The thing that I love about the scriptures is that, is that even though things were different, the, the message is the same. Absolutely the same. It, it's the, the, the core message of the gospel of Jesus, the Messiah, the core message that God has a plan for Israel and the Jewish people, despite the circumstances of the world, remains the same as yes. it was in 1942 to 2018. That's right. Isn't that amazing? It is. Praise God. That's his word. It's it's true. It's everlasting and it, it's never shaken. So that's awesome. Now, now let's move. So friends, again, go to israelmyglory.org, our new website. Check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. But I didn't bring Lorna in here to just talk about the website. We, we have our new and latest issue of Israel My Glory, our March-April edition out now uh, called Mastering the art of redefinition, a look at how some theological terms are being altered to mean something different. And Lorna, you and I were talking before uh, we went on the air about where this concept came from. Can you share a little bit with our sure, listeners? Sure, Chris. Well, this really shows Jim uh, Showers' heart. Jim is, as you know, is our president and executive director. And uh, he has a real heart for the ministry and for purity, with the, theological purity. And it has, it came to his attention a while back that a lot of people don't understand what's going on in Christianity today when it comes to theology because things are being changed, just like they're being changed in society. For example, the word tolerance used to mean you put up with something. Now it means you have to accept it. Right. And, uh, there are all kinds of changes going on, and that's happening in Christianity in a different way. Terms are being changed. There used to be just dispensationalism. If you were a dispensationalist, everybody knew that meant you did not think Israel was the church, you did not think the church was Israel, you separated the two, and you generally used the literal, grammatical, historical hermeneutic. Well, now there's two dispensationalisms. Mm -hmm. There's a classical dispensationalism and progressive dispensationalism, and they're slightly different. And depending upon, uh, for example, if you are on a pulpit committee and you are a, let's say you're a progressive dispensationalist, that's not what Friends of Israel is, we are classical, but let's say you're a progressive dispensationalist and you are looking for a pastor who is the same as the church doctrine. Well, you might find that 
you're interviewing a candidate and he is classical. Well, you have to know the difference. Mm -hmm. And it goes the other way, vice versa. So Jim and I were talking about this one day and I thought, you know, this would really, there are enough changes in theological terms that we could make up an entire magazine and tell our people what's going on. And uh, we had a meeting and Jim asked Mike Stollard, who is our international ministries director. Mike used to be the um, dean at Baptist Bible Seminary and he was also the head of the PhD program there. And he of course has a doctorate in theology. So we sat there and we discussed the different ramifications and we discussed the theology and then we put together some articles and we figured out who we wanted to write them and we came up with a magazine. And it's an important magazine because it deals with some of the issues of the terminology that's being mm-hmm. used and, and the language that's being used. And, and you wrote something great right from the beginning of the magazine. Uh, it's You always have in the beginning of the magazine a letter from the editor. And, and I want to quote you on this and we can have a conversation about it. You say this, doctrine may sometimes seem daunting to those of us without degrees in theology, But we need to understand what is happening in Christendom in order to make wise decisions in all sorts of matters. We must know what we believe, why we believe it, and be able to recognize the warning signs when we meet a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, uh, Can you share a little bit about what you were thinking when when you wrote that? Well, it's pretty much the theme of my, uh, my column here. I've been hearing more and more stories about and they're distressing stories, I might add, about people who are applying for a pastor's position in a church. Usually these stories involve Israel, unfortunately, because the world seems to be moving away from support of Israel, the evangelical world, and a lot of people are going to covenant theology, which does not see a future for Israel. And They're applying for positions in dispensational churches, which do see a future for Israel and keep Israel and the church separate. Well, unfortunately, what's happening is because they want the position in the church, they are not being exactly upfront with the pulpit committee. They'll say um, that they agree with certain things, but then when you start to question them, And you really, if you know the right questions to ask, you can finally figure out that they are replacement theology. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of them, you'll you'll ask, this pastor who talked to me, uh, he said, well, the church asked, the public committee asked, well, what what were you gonna do? Just take the job and knowing that you didn't agree with us? And the key was yes. And he was going to change the church's doctrine and move it to mm-hmm. a replacement position and away from support of Israel. And it's, it's interesting that you ask me this because I got an email from someone who, uh, on our staff actually, who said, I'm so glad you wrote that because I see this over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and we needed to say something. Yeah, and you know, what the issue, especially when we're talking about Israel, is that on the laundry list of theological issues that a pastor might deal with, 
you know, for us at the Friends of Israel, it's very important. It, it drives who we are and our mission as an organization um, to teach biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah. Uh, but, you know, for a pastor who might not have gone to seminary uh, at a dispensational school or whatever the case might be, um, it's low on the list. And so it definitely, if it's not outright that he agrees or disagrees with it, it's definitely gets put as an issue on the back burner. And that's an important, as you're talking about here, a doctrinal issue that, that needs to be dealt with. And one of the, the pitfalls, I think, of moving away from this position is a lot of the churches that do move away from it tend to move away towards a social gospel position where they want, there's nothing wrong with doing uh, good works and becoming involved in the community. I'm all for that. And Friends of Israel has lots and lots of things that we do uh, here and abroad to help people, but that isn't the gospel. And that's actually one of the issues, as I wanted to talk about that too, the redefinition of the gospel in our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory, Mastering the Art of Redefinition. And, you know, you brought up this issue uh, and this topic of the redefinition of even the term gospel. Um, and Bruce Scott wrote an article called Redefining the Gospel, a look at the good new, a true good news and how it's been turned into different news today. And one of the issues that he touches on is the social justice gospel. Um, and it's not that it's, you know, James lets us know that true religion um, in James chapter one is actually uh, feeding the poor and ministering to widows. And, and that is very important. But what's happening in the with a social justice gospel is that in our age today, it seems to leave behind the essence of what the real life changing message of the gospel is all about. I I agree completely, Chris. I really love this article. The social gospel is nothing new, but it seems to be becoming very, very prevalent now. It seems that churches that actually preach the gospel of salvation are moving toward the social gospel. I loved the paragraph here. I'd like to read it that Bruce wrote. And he said, as much as God loves the poor, they do not always take priority. Even Jesus said, for you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. And this is the point I wanted to make. When an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, he did not tell Joseph to call Mary's son Jesus because he will save people from poverty, injustice, and social inequity. He told them, call his name Jesus, for he will save his people Mm. from their sins. Mm. And that is humanity's greatest need. That's right. Is salvation from sin. And and, and that is, for me, when when we're talking about the redefinition of terms, that's the starting point of the gospel. It is not that we don't want to help the poor. It is not that we don't want to help the widow. It's not that we don't want to call out injustices. We've been called to do that as Christians, but our first priority is to bring the message of true salvation, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that we might have a relationship with God. That change in us is what compels us to help others. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Another term, though, that I want to talk about, we talked about the gospel here. Uh, One more, one last one, the redefinition of the term Israel. Well, being a Jewish believer, I have a real problem with redefining Israel because Israel is Jacob. Yes. The tribes of Israel are the tribes of Jacob, the sons of Jacob. 
The church is never called Jacob anywhere in Scripture. So Israel, how, Israel is Israel. It's the sons of Israel. It's the, it's the sons, sons of, of Jacob. It's Jacob. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a national identity to that yes. as well, right? It's not a, just a spiritual aspect, which is where I think most Christians want to take it. That Israel represents some type of. This is the way they redefine the term. They take Israel to mean more of a spiritual component. That anybody who follows God and trusts in God through Jesus is a spiritual descendant. Of of Abraham, right? Which which but Paul, not of Jacob, right? Which which is what Paul does talk about. But but this is interesting, and so uh, is the the term Israel gets redefined. And you know, you're talking about the issue again. Back to your uh, back to your uh, letter from the editor. You talk about the issue of doctrine. Uh, wouldn't you say it's important if somebody really does? If they're listening right now, somebody really does care about Israel, the Jewish people, that God has a future for Israel and the Jewish people, that they should go talk to their pastor and see where he feels his uh his, his you know that's view probably of... an excellent idea yeah that could say a lot about the church that you're it in could. yes and a lot of times the church is dealing with a lot of different things and that never comes up so you don't know outright because he might not be preaching on it but there's always an underlying current and it's important to know what kind of a church you're going to. Right. And we're not saying get up and leave your church or anything like that, but it's important to know where your leadership has uh, their, that where they theologically toe the line. And and that's why for me, my friends, it's always important for us to have the voice of uh, Israel, my glory, the editor in chief of Israel, my glory with us, Lorna Simcox. Lorna, thanks for coming on and sharing about uh, the most recent issue of Israel, my glory, mastering the art of redefinition. I want to encourage our listeners one more time. If you are not a subscriber, don't wait. You can go right now. You can go to foiradio.org and you can get a one year free subscription to Israel My Glory if you've never subscribed before. So don't wait for, what an amazing opportunity. And for our listeners who maybe get Israel My Glory and have loved the past issues, you can go to israelmyglory.org and sign up and begin to get issues. And hopefully by the end of the year, you'll be able to get issues all the way back to 1942. You won't want to miss out on that opportunity. That's israelmyglory.org. And then also don't forget about our website, foiradio.org. Lorna, thank you for coming. You are a blessing. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks for joining us. If you're familiar with our ministry, you know that we emphasize the need for solid biblical teaching and accurate analysis on the news of the day. One of the best resources for great biblical teaching that I know is the Friends of Israel's magazine, Israel, My Glory. Chris, some may not realize that Israel, My Glory has been around since 1942 and has well over 150,000 subscribers. Yeah, I'll tell you, I travel the country speaking in churches, churches in big cities and small rural towns. And no matter where I go, I always meet people who read our magazine and trust it as a resource for Middle East news and great biblical teaching. To order your free one-year trial subscription to Israel My Glory magazine, visit foiradio.org. Again, that's foiradio.org. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. 
recently I have been working near the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, and sometimes I have contact with the students there. They try to act very intelligent because they are studying at such a fine school. One day I told them, you think you know everything, but you still have much to learn. They responded, we know about great people such as Shakespeare, Tolstoy, Einstein, Mozart, Brezhnev, Kennedy, others like them. I replied, to you, these people may have been very good, but not to God and not to me either. They were simply gifted men. If you were in a very desperate situation in life, perhaps close to death, would you call on Shakespeare and say, Shakespeare, save me? Or would you say, Mozart, help me? No. In times of trouble, people call on God. He is the one who gave himself for us, and anyone who comes to him in simple faith will be saved. If this is so, they said, and if God has given you so much, what can he give to us? I replied, God will give you peace in your hearts, happiness, hope, and most important of all, he will give you everlasting forgiveness of your sins. How do you know all of this? They questioned. Have you graduated from a school of theology? No, I answered, but I know in my heart that the Lord has done these things for me, and he has given me the Holy Spirit who keeps me and gives me the power to talk to you in this manner. Then they said, Of course, you must have read books on the subject. Oh, yes, I replied. I've read a great deal, but mostly one book. This book is more important than the thousands of books you can read in your school. It's the Holy Bible and it is greater than any of the books written by your great men, because the Bible was written by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. They wanted to know why I was telling them all of this, and I said, Because I want you to be as I am, free from your sins. Then you won't think only of the things of this life, things that are without hope and that can cause you to make many mistakes. Don't you ever make mistakes? they asked. Oh, yes, I do, I replied, because I am no more perfect than you are. But when I make mistakes, I go to my heavenly Father and pray for his forgiveness. Then I go from there trying to do the best I can. Because I fear God, he protects me and keeps me from ways that are not pleasing to him. But you are not kept from sin even though you were students at the great Hebrew University. They told me that I would make a good lecturer and that I had given them much food for thought. They then asked how I had come to know so much about God. I told them there's only one way to know about God and his son, Jesus Christ, and that is through the Bible. At this, one of them said, I have read the Bible several times. Why don't I believe as you do? Because you have read it as a natural man, I told him. If you will read the Bible asking God to speak to your hearts, you will receive what I now have, peace from him and with him. I pray that these young people will have their eyes and hearts open to God through the truths of his word.
Chris, it was great to have our editor-in-chief, Lorna Simcox, with us today to talk about the latest issue of Israel My Glory. I've spent some time on the new Israel My Glory website, and I love how it looks on my phone, my tablet, and even my desktop. And I love that we'll be putting every issue of Israel My Glory back from 1942 for you to get right there on our website. So be sure to go to foiradio.org for the link to our new Israel My Glory website. And a reminder, if you have not yet subscribed to Israel My Glory, you can get a full year at no cost. Visit foiradio.org. Thanks for being with us today. Our host and teacher is Chris Katulka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione, co-written by Sarah Fern. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. 